0: Hello everyone this is Latasha Blanton from The Real South Africa Travel and Tourism. You're going to have
1: the opportunity to travel with Phil Scott to
2: sunny South Africa. You guys are going to have the opportunity to come to Johannesburg and you guys are going to be coming to Durban and we're going to set it up perfectly. It's going to be like a luxury experience for you guys at the same time you're going to be getting some culture and of course you're going to get an opportunity to talk to Phil, hang out with Phil and get his views on Africa and South Africa.
1: You're also
0: going to get an opportunity to explore the lifestyles here that are available in South Africa. And we're going to do all that for you in an amazing 10 days. We do hope that you go to the website and book because we do look forward to seeing you here.
2: Absolutely. Our website is therealsouthafrica.com. Go there, scroll down. You'll see a picture of Phil and just go ahead and book there. So we'll see you here in what we like to call sunny Sunny South South Africa. Africa.
3: A while back, I reported on a class action lawsuit that was launched against the Canadian Human Rights Commission in regards to anti-Black racism suffered by many, many Black employees that worked in the public sector. At the time, there were only 1,000 plaintiffs. Well, we are now up to 30,000 plaintiffs and they are seeking $2.5 billion in compensation dating back to 1970. I am abundantly pleased that all of these Black employees have come forward and have joined this class action lawsuit. This is amazing. I'm also going to share some information from some of the plaintiffs uh, and they will share their stories of racism that they suffered, along with the hearings that have been underway. um, And we'll hear some questioning and the answers from executives and employees of the Canadian Human Rights Commission. Take a look. From a military career tarnished in the end
4: with racist insults. Ruben Coward heard the N-word repeatedly. I received this opprobrious treatment that was so obviously racist. I, when I, when I got out of the military, I threw my uniforms on the dump. But he did keep his paperwork from his 1993 complaint to the Canadian Human Rights Commission. It was dismissed. I've had the opportunity of uh, dealing with the Canadian Human Rights for over 30 years now. And uh, I'm not surprised that racism runs amok.
5: He made his comment, we should go back to the good old days when we had slaves. And and you pause
0: for a second because it hits you. She alleges those words were spoken to her by a senior colleague at the Immigration and Refugee Board.
5: When I talk about this, I get so distressed. And I don't know if it's not only the statement, but it's inaction that that is is doubly hurtful. She says the same colleague later went on to become her
0: supervisor. That's when she filed a formal complaint. Agard alleges her concerns haven't
5: been taken seriously by the IRB. To have no action or no consequences, I, I take it as this is how they see me. And in general, the black workers. I
1: can remember wanting to hang my degree in my cubicle, being told by my supervisor, I wasn't allowed to because my white colleagues did not have post-secondary education and they may feel bad. My name is Wanda Thomas. I've worked for the Federal Public Service of Canada for over 30 years and have never received a promotion. My experience as a black employee has been oppressive, stressful, and demeaning. Despite my education, my dedication, my work ethic, I have not been afforded the same opportunities as my white colleagues. The hurt that I experienced is not seen because as a black woman I am strong. After 32 years with microaggressions and never having attained a position beyond what I began with. I came in at one level and I will be retiring from my substandard position the same as when I entered the federal public service.
4: My name is Jennifer Phillips. I currently am employed with Canada Revenue Agency. I will be retiring after 30 years of service with the agency at the end of this year. In the 30 years I've been there, I've only received uh, one promotion. I know that seems uh, daunting, uh, and it was. It's not for not trying. When the opportunity came, those that did not look like me were the ones that uh, garnered the position. It's been trying, disappointment, to the point that you just not to have confidence in the process, and you just stop trying. And that is the case for a lot of the black employees uh, currently at my workplace. It seems like it doesn't matter what you do, um, there's always a justification and an excuse as to why you are not the successful candidate in this respect. It's even disheartening to see that these individuals that I've trained have gone on to leadership position a number of my colleagues repeatedly asked me Jennifer why aren't you in a leadership role you should be and I said well the the opportunities has has been denied to me uh, over the years and I just are not encouraged to continue and so after 30 years uh, I'm retiring with just the one promotion.
0: Senator Gold The Treasury Board of Canada has ruled that the Canadian Human Rights Commission has discriminated against its own black and racialized employees. After these brave employees have come forward with their stories, black Canadians can no longer place their trust in the Canadian Human Rights Commission to handle complaints of anti-black racism. My question to you, Senator Gold, is what actions will the government take to address the anti-black racism in the Canadian Human Rights Commission to ensure the complaints process is equitable for black Canadians?
2: Senator, thank you for your question. It's, look, the fact that a grievance was brought and the positive response to the grievance is deeply troubling and deeply disappointing, especially given the context uh, of the institution that's involved. And Canadians deserve to be free from racism everywhere in, this, uh, in, our, in our country, in every space they inhabit, especially their workplace, has no place in our institutions. The government is working, as you know, to appoint uh, new leadership uh, to the Commission as the Chief Commissioner's position is vacant. And dealing with the outcome of these findings, of the, of, of the finding of the, uh, of the uh, 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 Treasury Board, uh, will be uh, 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 an important part of the responsibilities of the new uh, 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 leadership of the Commission. I'm also informed, colleague, that uh, Minister Limetti had a very frank conversation with Acting Chief Commissioner Miliszewski earlier this week to discuss the steps that the CHRC is taking to address this very important issue.
0: Senator Gold, I'd be really interested, and I think this chamber will be interested in knowing what steps the government is taking to ensure that the Canadian Human Rights Commission is indeed a workplace where black and racialized employees Will not experience the harm of anti-Black racism.
2: This is important to the government. It's a priority for the government. And one way to answer your question directly, rather than just uh, 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 speak at, at, uh, in more general terms, one way that the government is taking action, in addition to the ones that I've already described, in terms of working with uh, towards the appointment of, of a new. A new leadership and making that a priority for the leadership uh, is through the federal anti-racism Secretariat. It combats discrimination, tackles the effects of discrimination on people and communities across the country, including the workplace, including in the health care spaces. Uh, so this is one other measure that the government is taking more more broadly uh, to uh, do its part uh, to reduce, indeed ideally eliminate racism in the workplace and other spaces in this country.
5: Uh, You said that you want uh, public service employees to feel that they can, I can go there. Based on the testimony we have heard, which frankly left me appalled, uh, that at this point black employees do not have any trust or confidence in in the CHRC and in fact some of the witnesses have called for its for it to be demolished. You've talked about, you know, the regret you feel. You you say you apologize on behalf of the commission. You fully accept the findings of the Treasury Board. But I want to ask you about not the victims, but about those who victimize. They are in your midst. They are in your midst. And I want to know what consequences have they experienced as a result of uh, this finding of individual and systemic discrimination? Uh, are they still in your employment? Have they left? Have they been shuffled sideways? What accountability measures have you taken? And please don't hide again behind the legal confidentiality here. At least tell me what process has been put in place to hold them accountable.
2: Uh, perhaps, again, and thank you for that question, Senator. Senator. I want to assure you and I want to assure the Senate, all of the, all, all Senators, that when we determined that there was misconduct in our organization, we dealt with it and we dealt with it immediately when it happened. And I can assure you that everyone was held accountable for any misconduct that happened in our organization. We did not wait. We took it very seriously.
5: Okay. What range of actions, demotion? a note in their personnel files, a sideways shuffle, dismissal. dismissal. What range of actions? I know you can't talk about individual cases. I appreciate that. But give me a sense of the range of tools that you deployed.
6: So if I may, um, you know, I, I think some of these are exactly the questions I had when I came into this role to try to understand. Because we know this is systemic, but we also know that specific individuals engaged in misconduct And so what I can say is that I take some comfort in knowing that none of those individuals are currently managing people at the commission. And that is very significant and important for us because if we are going to have a workplace that is safe for all, it is very important that people be able to go to their managers and trust that they will be heard and respected. And so for us, that is a form of accountability that is very important and I think needs to be highlighted. So if they were managing people before
5: and they're not managing people now, can we make a conclusion that they've either been demoted or sideways shuffled?
6: I think it would be fair to say they are no longer in the same positions they were before. So I've heard you talk a lot about
5: uh, a whole of institution approach. You know, embracing the whole organization, Uh, uh, you know, you've heard a lot about your plans, your processes, your policies, consultation. But frankly, in my opinion, process is used often by not just your institution, but by others to obfuscate progress, real progress. So on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you put yourself?
6: I think that's a very hard question. The Treasury Board decision um, certainly uh, is is a difficult one. The testimony we've heard, I I don't know that we can put ourselves, you know, in give ourselves a good mark at this point. I certainly, I certainly wouldn't be doing that. But what I think is very important is that when you say, you know. Pro, uh, procedures and and policies can obfuscate progress, what is very important for us is that we have consistency across the organization from a top level down that this is being not just messaged but that there are concrete measures where we are looking to identify where do the barriers exist for our black and racialized employees. What is actually happening in their experiences in the workplace, and how can we support them? Whether that's through training or, you know, acting opportunities, those are very concrete things. They may seem like, you know, um, um, human resources policies, and they, and they may seem somewhat abstract, but those are the things that provide our employees um, with the support they need, the uh, career advancement opportunities needs they need and it's the way that we address this as a systemic problem because we know that this goes far beyond um, you know particular individual bad behavior we know That systemic anti-racism is ingrained in our institutions and so we need to look at the very foundation of those institutions to bring about the change that is required so that this Human Rights Commission uh, lives up to uh, the potential that it has, that it's the workplace the employees deserve and Canadians expect of us. Thank you.
3: Well them folks look very uncomfortable with this line of questioning. And of course, they meander around the answers and giving the politically correct responses and saying, we take it very seriously. We action it right away. Well, that's obviously not true. If we have over 30,000 plaintiffs that have years and years of complaints that were not actioned and taken seriously, and then we have all of these Employees that have been working for this company for decades and did not receive one promotion or only received one promotion, as you heard from one of the sister, after over 30 years of working. And um, the government, the federal government, that is, has spent over $7.8 million in its challenge against this class action lawsuit. And let's just keep it going. This is what it looks like when we as a people band together to get what we deserve. I hope more plaintiffs come on board and we just keep upping that 2.5 billion, 3 billion, 4 billion, let's go. Our people are more than deserving of being compensated for going through what we went through. And to our people who worked in the public sector and have all of these degrees and credentials, let's stop asking for seats at them folks' table and let's start building our own. Let's use our skills and our gifts and our talents to build our own table and stop relying on them folks because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I am hoping and praying for our people and I hope they get every penny that is deserving to them and I hope that the Canadian Human Rights Commission is held accountable because they can sit there all they want and promise of all of these things by appoint- appointing this employee and appointing this person and training and whatever else they feel they are going to do, which to me is just a lot of bogus. Um, and then let's talk about the employees when the sister questioned the Human Rights Commission, about what uh, actions were taken against the employees that were responsible for the anti-Black racism that took place. And her response was that they were, I guess, demoted, is, I guess, for lack of a better word, is what they were trying to say. Um, Why weren't they dismissed? And even when the sister tried to get exactly what, what actions were taken, um, the response was, they're no longer in a management position. What does that even mean? So what? You're no longer in a management position. You still have your job. And how do we know that? That is, to me, is, I I don't buy it. Um, There should be more repercussions for this action. They should lose their livelihood. They should lose their jobs. And perhaps then there'll be some sort of a lesson learned, which I'm not even convinced of that. But it certainly is a start, because when it comes to union jobs um, in Ontario and Canada, you can just go back to the union and you can get another job in a high-end position. It's not like there's a, a strike against your reporting; you will no longer be um, have the opportunity to be promoted. So that answer is just fallacies and again, just a lot of meandering, but let's just hope that we get more plaintiffs on board. And as I said already, let's up that. Let's keep it going, folks. Let's go. Let me know what you all think about this. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Also subscribe to my YouTube channel, EA Public Relations, where I report on all things Black owned and events across Ontario and Canada. Until next time, please be safe, everyone. Peace be.